Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Brian House, and you're listening to the Work For It podcast. Our primary focus is business in the workshop. And if you want us to see and discuss your work, Use the hashtag WFI projects on Instagram and we will shout you out and your projects. Did you know you can support our work for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year? Go to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year, that's like a burrito. I love burritos. Yep. Hey, what's happening, everybody? It's the Work For It podcast. I'm here with Dr. Brian Cohn, straight out of the North Pole. He is done with his season. <laughs> he has made all of his deliveries and uh, gotten us where we need to be gift-wise for the holiday season. It is that weird week between Christmas and New Year's. This is the last show of the year, Ben. Uh, ben. Where is Ben? Ben? Yeah, where is Ben? <laughs> We're waiting on Ben this morning. Come on, Ben. Where are you? In true you? Ben fashion, he's a little bit <laughs> he's a little bit late, but uh, that's okay. He'll jump in. Brian, how you doing, buddy? Dude, Good morning I to am you. fantastic. Good morning to you, Brian. We're we're recording a little bit earlier today. Normally we're at 3 p.m. We're doing it at 8 a.m. I'm loving this change. I think that this is going to make a much better podcast because our energy levels are going to be a hell of a lot higher. You know, coffee on the side always is going to help, right? Caffeine is where some of my most productive ideas come from. (laughs) The only question is, you know, is there going to have to be like, uh, you know, 20 minutes in the podcast, we're going to have to take a break because the caffeine or the coffee is kicking in. It kicks in. It kicks in. And then, yeah, (laughs) then you're you're, you're doing the uh, green apple quick step. But there we the, go. There we go. <laughs> the uh, actually, uh, I've gotten all of that out of the way already this morning, so I'm feeling good. I'm I'm hydrated. Number one, I've been drinking lots of water. Hope you guys are too. Remember, in the winter, even in like wherever you are, it's like the dry time, you know. So you want to yes, be consuming absolutely. lots of water. And uh, and and the other the other side of things, I think uh, some of the things that I've been noticing is, is that a lot of the guys like us in the wintertime are way more productive. Have you noticed Mm -hmm. this? Like, I guess it's because you can't really be outside. You know, there's not a lot you can do. You know, you can't go out and work on a car, really, unless you have like an indoor shop or something. So I've been noticing that there's been a lot of people making things, which has made me super happy to watch this Mm -hmm. going down. Are you noticing the same trend? Yeah, for me, there's definitely like, I mean, it's kind of a smaller thing, but like I love disc golfing in the summer. And like sometimes like if I have buddies who want to go disc golfing, they say, hey, we can we can do it at four. That means with my hour drive, I cut my my shop time down by an extra hour just to go and hang out with my buddies. So, like, that's another productivity, you know, cut right there. And then the other thing is, you know, if it's cooler in the shop, 
it's a lot easier for me to get out in the shop because you can always, you know, just pop on the forge real quick, warm up the shop. And then you know, you're at that nice, you know, 60 degrees or so where you're wearing a sweatshirt where on the flip side in the summer, if it's crazy hot, if it's a hundred degrees outside, I'm not going out in the shop because I'll, I'll get like heat stroke. I mean, I'm not Mr. You know, Brian house over here with the freaking air conditioning in the shop. So you know, summer, summertime's a little bit difficult for me, but, you know, Mr. Moneybag's over here with the air conditioner. Hey, listen, temperature control is super important, and uh, you're right about that. It's expensive. It, I will say it is one of the major luxuries that I never scrimp on. Like, if, if you were to ask me what is one of the most important tools in your workshop, it's how you control your temperature in there, because that, to me, equates to productivity. So if you're going to take, you know, five grand to dump into something, you know, in your workshop, it, whether you're turning heat or air conditioning or both, I, I definitely recommend it because what I've noticed is, and like you said, if it's too hot, you're not working because, yep. you, you know, mm-hmm. heat will just suck it right out of you. But if it's too cold, you know, you can turn on your forge, you know, and, and warm up your sure. shop. So you're right. I do flex with the air conditioning just a little bit. I've been flexing with that. <laughs> I'm gonna. T- I, didn't you have I, a whole no- thing where? You, didn't you have a whole thing where you had to have somebody in like multiple times to get that air conditioner up and running? Well, they had it up and running. It just took them forever. You know, they yeah. <clears throat> the yeah. the AC in the shop was on the floor, which made no sense. It it, it baffles every time I buy a house or a building or something, and I. I go into it. I'm like, you can tell when people are just like out of money and they started doing things that were just, okay, we need this, but we can't afford to do it. Right. You know, like the guy bought a five ton, five ton air conditioner, which if you're familiar with tonnage, that's enormous. It's like, it could cool a 4,000 square foot house. You know, it's a big air conditioner. And then he cripples it by putting the air handler on the floor. It's like the <laughs> the cold air is recirculating cold air because you know cold air falls, right? So right, right, right. You <laughs> and you and I just think to myself, like the AC technician probably t- tried to talk him out of it. And he's like, "Look, for two hundred dollars, <laughs> I'll I'll mount it on the ceiling, and then it'll pull warm air and cool the warm air and drop the cold air, and then you'll have a nice, evenly distributed." air system in here and he was probably like two hundred dollars now forget it you know and just like put it on the floor you you know jokes on you it's the same guy that tried to swindle me into that freaking haunted uh shop (laughs) (laughs) he was a pretty sure it was that guy you never know could have been the same guy cheaping out although i will say there's cheaping out people everywhere but you know so yes i i love i love having my ac system and uh, i have it hooked up to like one of those smart thermostats so I can just like mm. scream at Google to like turn the temperature up or down. It's it's. Fantastic. Oh, so you're yeah. you're a Google guy, not an Amazon guy. I in the shop, I'm a Google guy. At home, I have both. So I have Alexa Ooh. and I have Google. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. I I really truly believe in voice the voice uh, triggering stuff, all the automation stuff. Like when I walk into my shop, all my lights are on voice triggers, like everything. It's you know you can you can tell the system like set me up for this and it'll like, you know, dim your lights. It'll turn some lights on, some lights off. Stuff like right. That. I think it's really, really cool stuff. And th- there's no excuse not to have it. I mean, a Google little nest or whatever they're called, those little, the little minis, 
they're like 40 bucks, 50 bucks. The smart plugs are like 10, 15 bucks at Home Depot. Like you can set up a system like this for next to nothing. And I've got the Google Nest Protects, which are smoke and carbon monoxide Ooh, uh, detectors. Yeah. So That's when cool. like That's I cool. caught my shop on fire a few months ago, my wife was getting all the notifications on her phone that smoke was being detected in my unit. And she was able all to right. kind of look in on me as I was battling the fire right. and and make sure that I didn't succumb to the smoke and all of that. So that was kind of cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, all that and those Nest Protects are not uh, expensive either. And the thing I like about those things is they'll tell you if your carbon monoxide levels are getting unsafe. You know, for anybody mm. running a forge inside, that's a handy little uh, device to have. Hey, man, I'm not I'm not so jank. I do actually have a carbon monoxide sensor in my shop. I'm not so janky that I'm just running, you know, <laughs> canary in a coal mine over here. Is it right next to the bucket of acetone with no lid on it right over your forge? Or... Is that where you keep it? Oh, my gosh. Yep. No, I actually keep it in the acetone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's shoot. funny. Well, hey, listen, I haven't spoken really. I mean, we've spoken privately uh, since Christmas, but uh, how was your holiday? Oh, my gosh. It was fantastic. So, um, luckily... Um, my my family and Emily's family does it kind of easy where we, we do the Ellison Christmas a week before Christmas and then Christmas Eve we were at her parents' house and then Christmas Day we went down to Sandusky over to, you know, my parents' house. My brother and sister are actually up from Nashville. They only come up, you know, my brother comes up every year for Christmas. My sister does every other year so she can spend the other half of the year or the other year with her boyfriend's family. But um, this year we had everybody. We had, you know, both Nick and Sarah. So it was really cool to catch up with both of them, kind of hang out with them. And, um, you know, I, I enjoyed the family time for sure. But, you know. That's great. But, That's great that you yeah, can work sure, out the sure. logistics of, of a holiday now before you're married. Because, uh, you know, when you're, you marry somebody, you marry their family, right? And oh, so sure, you want to, sure. obviously, you're now stretching your time between these two households and it sounds like logistically you guys have that figured out that's pretty cool well it's also super easy because you know we lived with emily's family through the beginning half of the pan well actually the vast vast majority of the pandemic we we basically renovated their basement and it basically you know instead of trying to rent through the pandemic and you know having work go on and off and all that type of thing we basically just moved in with them for you know almost the better part of a year. So we're really close with them. And like, it's really easy to maneuver things because we, we've kind of like, you know, when you live with somebody, it's kind of easy to figure out. Luckily now we've, you know, you know, grown our wings and moved on to our own apartment. But um, yeah, it's, it's really nice to be able to do that logistically with them. Um, yeah. So Brian, you had, I believe, you know, Dexter and the rest of the kids, how was Christmas on your end? We focused on the kids this year because we're having a year where we we are looking at our growing children and realizing mm. that we've only got so many of these holidays left with them as smaller people, number one, and, you know, in the house, number two, because they're all like chomping at the bit to go, you know, create their lives and do the things they want to do. And this year it was just 
Sarah and I took all of our time and energy and resources and dumped it into making an awesome Christmas morning for those three kids. And it was, you know, I will, I will say when I was growing up, my parents did the same thing. They, they always, you know, Christmas morning was like a big deal, but as I got older, it's harder to buy for older children, you know, like, what do you get these people, you know? And with, Emerson being 12, Izzy being 14, and Dexter being, uh, well, Izzy just turned 15, so Dexter's 15. It's like, you know, what do you buy these kids? You know, they're past the the age of toys and stuff like that. Now they're more into electronics and content and things like that. So Sarah and I took some cash out of the bank and just went to like five and below. I don't know if you guys have those. It's kind of like a dollar store, but like everything's like five bucks and below. Um, mm-hmm. and just like bought all these, you know, rubber band shooters and fart machines and fake mustaches and, you know, just crazy stuff and wrapped and then loaded the tree under there. And then we each, then we got each one of the children, something bigger, you know, like just a, a bigger gift that we, you know, put a lot of thought into. And they nice. had an absolute freaking blast opening all these presents you know, because sometimes it's not so much about what's in the package, but like discovering what's in the package is kind of fun. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, I get. And that, then of for course, sure. I, gifts from people that send me all kinds of stuff. You know, you sent me this awesome bottle opener, and and uh, yeah, I actually have a box in my car uh, that arrived yesterday from Ben. So at some point, I'll have to open that. I did, it just showed up yesterday, so. Yeah, is it is it with you there? Because when Ben jumps on, you know, maybe we can do a live opening. It is. I would just have to step outside and grab it. Yeah, it's in yeah, the back that's fine. of my car. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. yeah when yeah, Ben we'll jumps on that. here, we'll have to do that. We'll have to do that for sure. Yeah. I. I so I. So I. T- 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 you could take a little page out of my book because at some point I think you, you and Emily may end up moving forward with your lives and having children oh, and all sure, that. Sure. Um, and uh, you know, so. I know a lot of people that listen to the podcast are somewhere in the middle between you and me. So like they probably have smaller kids, which is like, mm-hmm. you know, I know a lot of guys that are uh, following us on Instagram and, and uh, listen to the podcast and all of that are probably in their late twenties to mid thirties. And that's mm-hmm. the time when your kids are really little. So you, you know, Christmas is about that time with those kids when they're like, you know, 10 years old and younger and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're just, you're just setting the stage for, for these children. I will say that, um, what we have focused on, uh, we tried to focus on in the last couple of years is eliminating gift exchanges between adults. Like yes. I don't really focus on buying my parents things and buying my sister things. And, you know, I, I did send them little things this year that were thoughtful things that I bought from the maker community. It was just tiny things that to me makes the most sense. This whole gift card exchange thing doesn't make a ton of sense to me anymore. So right. Like, and like, I especially really with the gift cards, you give them 25 bucks and they give you, 25. I, I mean, what's, what's the point it's of silly, that? Silly, right? See, I'm, yeah, I'm on board. Silly. Um, with the Ellison Christmas and my grandparents' Christmas, um, we basically 
with the Ellison Christmas, you just buy a $25 and we do like a white elephant exchange type thing. Oh, yes. And you just find something that's kind of general, whatever. But the fun thing with my, my grandparents' Christmas, my grandparents on my mother's side, basically the whole thing is you bring something from your house and it has to be something that you've been trying to get rid of or you're going to throw away but decide not <laughs> not not like it's trash but you wrap yeah. that up and we do a whole white elephant exchange but you don't open them and then at the end everybody opens them and you you know you find like i don't know like one of them was <laughs> actually the first one the best one is um um i i am um, back in college when we went to our rival school so over to western michigan um there was this sign that said additional parking and rear and of course i stole that shit and so i <laughs> so you have for a dark a long side time, i like it this a little great. bit Not, nothing nothing too much but you know um it, for the longest time i had that thing all through college i had that sign up in like one of the one in one of the uh, bathrooms additional parking and rear i just thought it was hilarious and um, that so is funny. I was a, when I moved on from college and I was like, you know, what the hell am I? Gonna, I don't want that on my wall anymore. So I just wrapped it up and, you know, I ended up going to my uncle, which was hilarious. But yeah, I like that idea. Um, I definitely want to get away from, you know, giving gifts to everybody because like this past year, I, I made the vast majority of everybody knives, like kitchen yeah. knives. Um, I gave my I forged out a knife for my dad and that's always fun. But like. That's not sustainable. <laughs> it really is not. That that's the thing. You, I mean, even making the bottle openers, which I love, yeah. by the way, and I have it up on my 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 knife uh, magnet in my in my kitchen. Cool, uh, cool. <clears throat> make, even making those. Oh my god! Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> as simple as you think they are, there you know, it's a lot of work and preparation and time, and it's and it pulls away all that focus, you know, from all the other things. So, you know, you have to kind of, especially people who make things for sale during the holiday period, it, I don't think people have any sort of, they don't have a, um, a perspective on it if they don't do that. So like, you know, if you just work like a nine to five job and you go do your thing and you don't make things for Christmas, that period between like November one or even sometimes into October, all the way to the new year, you're extremely busy making things for other people mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's where you make your money. You know, you're, you're yep. that period of time. The whole point behind the term Black Friday is because a lot of retailers go black, which means they're making, they're turning a profit, which I don't believe anymore even exists when these retailers say that they don't turn a profit right. uh, until that, that the is, end of November. Back when I worked at Target, I had some analytics just for the grocery department, and that that whole notion is bullshit. <laughs> it's bullshit. I agree. Yeah, uh, and it's like it's almost as if we're sort of guilted into like buying. Th- I mean, not really. Right. I know that we we spend a lot of money at the end of the year. If you're a business owner and you have profits and you don't want to give it to the government, you know, you reinvest the money into your account. And I, I've got a long diatribe on economics and business, and probably no one wants to hear about it. But I, I, I do take issue with people who are like, I don't want to pay taxes. I don't want to do that. You know, it's like if you're paying taxes, you're making money. The incentives for you to, uh, you know, like uh, I posted that thing about Elon Musk <clears throat> on Instagram and Facebook, and there was just it was meant to be controversial. And holy shit, I did not realize how controversial it would be 
there was so many people. There was a lot of Elon Musk supporters. I don't know. Did you see the post? It was it was a, a screen grab of Some, his face and a Twitter uh, f- a tweet that he put out. Wasn't it something the, about like you you work sixteen hour days and then. I forget. You go ahead. Right. I, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, it, it, exactly. It was like I work 52 weeks a year, 16 hours a day, and people still call me lucky, you know. Right. And then it became oh. a whole big, long thing about how his parents gave him a, a $250,000 investment so that he could start his first business. And, I, and I'll say, yes, it's a huge slingshot. Like if somebody were to give me that money when I initially started um, my first company, <clears throat> that would have slingshotted me, I think, and, and it probably would have pushed me into success earlier. Here's what I'll say, though. When you decide to give somebody who's young, like in their 20s, a quarter of a million dollars, it's an enormous risk. You know, there is you're you should just plan on losing that money. You know, uh, right, it's sure, it's sure. unless it's in the right hands, that money is not going to not going to turn a profit. <laughs> and and that's and that's the thing. In the right hands, those investments are super important, I think. And so in the right hands, which I believe Elon Musk, his hands are the right hands to have, seem, you seem know, to be pretty advantages. profitable for sure. <laughs> Definitely profitable. Yeah. And he's creating economies around him. All right. So mm-hmm. whether or not you like the way he's doing it, Every single entrepreneur is different and the way there's just no good and bad. It's all gray. And I, you know, I don't, there was a lot of labor law discussed in these, these comments and, you know, all of this. If you want to see the bad, you'll definitely can find it. You, you will Mm -hmm. find it in his organization. If you want to find the negative, I will say the argument though, is that there's a lot more positive there. And it's because he employs thousands of people. And he uh, pays them a living wage, most of them, I assume, and and that he's creating an economy around the electric vehicle and space exploration and all these other things. And whereas the company and the, <laughs> I mean, I think there's, there's like a, a very lot going long on. List of things, the right? long list of items that this guy has created economies around. Would I like it if he wasn't uh, as wealthy as he was? And if he were to distribute this money better, yes, of course. course, I don't believe that anyone should be worth what he's worth. And uh, but if you look at what his net worth, it's all in these companies. You know, he doesn't really pay himself a salary. He's like stock options or whatever and all this stuff. That's why he's worth so many billions of dollars. At some point, I would hope that he would start to evenly distribute those funds out so the people who are actually building those companies with him, the hands, the, the the cogs in the wheel, would get better wages. Unfortunately, our system is set up so that it doesn't really make that uh, an advantage for, for guys like Elon Musk. And that's, yeah, the, that's and the problem honestly, I have with it. The way, the way that I think of it, and keep this in mind, I'm a 20-year eight-year-old, you know, dumbass that like my, my, my opinion probably doesn't mean much, but you know, honestly, if, if the ultra rich were just taxed at the same rate as everybody else, you know, I'm fine with you. If you want to bust your ass or if you want to, you know, keep going and keep going and, you know, make more and more and more, as long as you pay your fair share in taxes, you know, then I'm, I'm, I mean, keep going, whatever. Definitely some loopholes. 
Yeah. Huge there's loopholes. So many, and- there's so many tax loopholes and write-offs to the point where, like, Amazon didn't pay any taxes for however long they've not paid taxes. It's like, you know, you're making that much of a profit. You should probably pay your fair share in taxes. Like, I, I, I just don't, I don't understand that. There's definitely some loopholes. I will say that the these bigger companies like like Tesla and whatever else, uh, uh, like um, Amazon, where they're like sole proprietorship companies that are publicly traded. Now, you know the 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 business end of it is that you know you got a guy like Jeff Bezos running Amazon. And he's, you know, he's also worth a lot. And so, you know, his, he's utilizing these loopholes to increase his net worth and, and, and also uh, build these businesses and taking advantage of these loopholes that exist for guys like me who are very small, who pay a shit ton of tax. Like if you saw the tax leverages on me, you would go, God, that's so not fair. Yeah. And see, I feel like that should my, be flipped on its head where like your your company in the first five years should pay no taxes or 10 years or whatever so that you can like you, gain you your think. your ability. But then once you get big enough and you can afford to pay your taxes, maybe that's the point when you actually start paying them, you know. And here's the catch 22. <laughs> the system is set up to beat the the people out of the system who can't hack it. OK. Right. And to use that as a nugget to get guys like me to build companies that are going to be the next Amazon, the next Google, the next whatever. So there's, so if they take away those incentives, it almost becomes like a, why would you do it? Or, you know, you know, these guys like Elon Musk, they work because they love it. It's their purpose. You know, they're addicted to their jobs. They love it. And then turn, they're creating these micro economies that turn into macro economies that ultimately change the course of, you know, our our GDP. So yeah. I I get why it exists. I understand it, but you're right. There should be this line that when you cross it, you have to now you're you're in a different sort of plan. Yes. Yeah. And and so I, I I see the I see the reason, and I don't mean this to be political or or like an economical discussion because I'm somewhere in the middle. You know, I've got all these people saying Elon Musk is a charlatan and he's a freeloader, and then you got all these other people going, you know, he's a visionary and he's creating. And I'm somewhere in the middle. You know, I I feel like he's doing pretty awesome things and he's making huge changes, but just like making an omelet, you got to break some eggs to get there and and you got to make a mess to do it. I think he's a visionary, but he's also like just as smart as he is about, well, any of these big companies, not just him, but if, if you've built this much of a thing, you, you also gamify the, the tax system and you figure out all the loopholes so you can continue to build. So like, I, I think that he should pay more in taxes. I think that all of the big companies should pay, you know, their fair. Sh- I'm not saying more, but their fair share. Um, at the end, so so just we talk about this at the end of every year. Is that if you're a corporation, there are tax loopholes that f- basically force you to reinvest your profits. Right. And and that's in my opinion, that's an awesome system. So. Mm-hmm. If I were to say, let's just say I made $10,000 this year, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. If I don't take that $10,000 and buy more things and reinvest or hire new people in my company, I pay 30 to 35% gain tax, corporate tax mm-hmm. on that money. Okay. And, or someone would say, well, just pay yourself $10,000 more a year and then you, you won't pay that tax. Wrong. I will because I now am paying self employment tax. So uh, it'll be in a smaller bracket. It'll be like 25 to 28%. Okay. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, I save a couple of percent and I pay myself, you know, $10,000 more a year, which equates after taxes to $7,000. Okay. Sure. Or, I could take that $10,000 and I can go to a vendor and I can say, I want to buy a new machine or I want to hire a new person and uh, that, and I'm hoping that that new person w- will increase my profit margins. And then the government goes, cool, you don't have to pay that tax at all. That $10,000, you reinvested it in your company, that is money that you, you can show a $0 uh, profit. Uh, and you're allowed to do that. You can do that for as long as you like. And here's the genius behind that is that as you do that, the aggregate effect, if you are, in fact, making good decisions for your business, that business will employ more people and pay more taxes. And through through this cycle of, you know, you know, constantly building and growing, if you do that times, say, a million companies or let's even say 100,000 companies in the United States, you've now increased the GDP of America, okay? And what does that do? That gives us more money to continue being a military superpower. You know, we can still now control, you know, basically the world with our, you know, our our militaristic, uh, you know, empire. Capabilities, Yeah, the, the British Empire. The sun never sets on the British Empire. This is the whole concept. So when you look at it from the little guy, house made industrial, paying, uh, you know, whatever taxes or reinvesting his money, don't see it like that. See it like Brian doing something in his town. He's building a company. He's, you know, churning and burning and working hard. And he's part of the oil in the big machine that is the United States. And that every single time you make a knife or sell a product or make something and sell something, you are also a part of that system. And it's a beautiful system. You're a part of the system, man. Fight the system. (laughs) So, so, and, and, and 10 years ago, I would have fought this system hard tooth and nail because I felt like it was leveraged against me. Heavily, heavily leveraged against me because I was poor. The system had screwed me. I was, Mm -hmm. you know, in a situation in 2008 with a massive financial and economic crisis. And then Mm -hmm. I realized I was being forged in fire. I was being, it's baptism by fire. You know, this country builds great leaders and great entrepreneurs. And it's the, the system is designed. These guys, Elon Musk, Bezos, these big guys, Gates, they all took that same system, rose up, and, you know. Made it happen. They I just wish it. they they worked for it. I wish they would do more <laughs> with their money. I, I Sitting on this hoarding money thing is just, in my opinion, is negative for the economy. But they did a lot of yeah. positive for the economy as well. I'm off my soapbox now. I can be done <laughs> with that. 
And so uh, we can move on to other fun <laughs> things. <laughs> so, Brian, did you get anything that you – I mean, obviously you got bottle opener and all that fun stuff. Did you get anything else for Christmas that you wanted to talk about? <sighs> yeah, I got some I got some interesting items. I, um, oh, yeah? I, Sarah, Sarah spent some time on Etsy. She uh, went and reached out to a few makers that were not in our immediate sphere who are doing some really interesting things. One of which was a guy who makes, he he bought a, an old copper mine in Arkansas. Okay. And he mines his own copper and makes his own copper coins. Ooh. Wow. That's and, pretty cool. Yeah. And this coin that she gave me, uh, it was very cool. I was like, what? Like, somebody still does this? Uh, mm-hmm. And... It, and he made he makes these coins and there were it was created and it um, there was some Latin saying on it. Um, it, it basically the the translation was remember to live and remember you have to die like you have to live and you have to die, which as you know has been my mantra for a long time. Like you only get so many minutes on this earth and so many minutes on this planet. You're living while you're here, and at some point you're going to uh, you know move, move on. on. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, that was such a cool gift. And then the other gift she got me was some hand forged dice. So Ooh, like uh, cool. die, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like they normal six sided dice, not like D and D dice right. or some something like that. C- correct, correct. Yes, normal <laughs> six sided dice. And yeah. because our our entire relationship, Sarah and I, when we first got together we said it was a roll of the dice. You know, we didn't know, we, you know, when we jumped in together, we were, it was, uh, you know, two people like in their late thirties getting together and, you know, uh-huh. who knows what's going to happen kind of thing. And well, um, shoot, Sarah, look at yeah. you. Yeah. Man, that's a good gift yeah. right there. That's a really Very good cool gift. stuff. Well, how about you? Did you get anything cool? Dude. So gifts that I received, um, the biggest two. Um, so, my my sister actually bought me the twelve inch contact wheel for my Broadbeck, so Whoa, that's still in the mail. Cool. I haven't gotten it quite yet, so that's that's definitely a big one for me. But um, I'm just waiting for it to uh, ship and actually get here. But I'm super excited about that one. The other one, um, about a month before Christmas, I did a video call with my brother. Basically, you know, I I always make him some sort of culinary knife for Christmas because you know he's a professional chef. You know, I I want to keep feeding him knives so he can keep giving me feedback on them so I can improve my knives. But um, basically I made him a eight inch forged chef knife, K-tip chef knife. And um, basically I did a video call with him because if you're going to be using this for years and years, I want it to be what you want. So I kind of ruined the Christmas surprise and basically just like, Hey, what do you want? Did all that whole thing. And then at the end of the conversation, it's like, oh, well, what what do you need for Christmas? And um, I'm looking around my shop and I'm like, well, I mean, I really need an anvil to really up my game because I've, I've been working on this 50 pound Harbor Freight anvil. But like, that's way too much for you to spend on me. And I'm just kind of looking around and looking around. And I, I actually at the time had my my uh, portaband saw chucked up in my in my vice and like, you know, that that janky thing I've been doing. But I've been doing that forever. And that's just kind of the way it is. And. Finally, he looked over my shoulders like, well, that looks super janky. What if I, so what he ended up doing is I told him about the swag tables that basically, you know, set it up. So it makes it basically a, a bandsaw instead of a portable, portable bandsaw. He actually built me one. So he's, he made this, he like way overbuilt it. I'll have to take a picture of it. 
and uh, posted so he, somewhere. So he didn't buy the table from he, Swag and put it together. No, he he it. actually constructed he one for you. Yeah. I didn't know yeah, your brother worked with metal. That's so cool. Well, actually, it's wood. So he, he's it's been wood. getting into woodworking. You. He's he's done a couple shelves. He's done a really nice gaming computer for himself. Like, he is, like, really, really elbow deep into working on, you know, woodworking when he's not, you know, of course, being the professional chef he is. But, yeah, so that was a really cool one. And then the last that one. That is I, super cool. That, that yeah, like for that, sure, for by sure. By the way, here, here's here's why I think this is so cool. Because every time you use it, you're going to think of your brother. And just oh, like absolutely. when he uses the knives you've made him, he's going to mm-hmm. think of you. It's, it's a beautiful absolutely. thing. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And then the last Christmas present I actually bought for myself. And Brian, I think you know oh. what it is. <laughs> I yes, do know sir. what it is. I was in on this. <laughs> I was, I, I was a, a an integral part of the decision making process of this thing. So let's let's bring it back to when I first saw the thing. So basically, what was going on is um, the I guess it was two days before Christmas. Emily and I went through Bay City, basically going through all of the antique stores because you know my my grandpa um, is a really big Pepsi like collector collector so like anything pepsi um like bot- bottles crates he's got like a lot of like the memorabilia like phones and um the he actually has like this inflatable um like blimp looking thing like really weird like promotional items for pepsi he, he loves all that type of stuff so but and my grandma d- does jadeite so i've got to find jadeite plates every year and stuff like that so we're going through these antique stores and doing that whole thing and like we've gone to a couple antique stores and we're in the in the last one. We pretty much found everything we need, but we're still looking just in case something pops up. And like way, way, way in the back, well, basically the last place that you'd look, um, you know, Emily and I are walking through and I look to my left around the corner and there sits an anvil. And I just kind of like stop like a deer in headlights and I turn to Emily and I'm like, I know I'm not shopping for me. We're shopping for the grandparents. But let me just just look at it. It's here. Just just let me you, look you at it. You can't not there's look nothing, at it. There's nothing wrong with just looking at it. And I walk up to the thing, and you know the corners are pretty good. There's a couple chips here and there, and it's it's a hay button, so it's a nice American made anvil. And I look on the side; it's 131 pounds. At first, I thought, you know, being being dumb and not really knowing my anvils, I I assumed that it was in hundred weight. So I I typed that into my hundred weight thing and. It comes out to just shy of 200 pounds, and I'm like, oh, boy, this would be fantastic. And yeah, it actually is 131 pounds, not almost 200 pounds, but yeah, it's whatever. Way, way heavier than my Harbor Freight. So, and, of course, it's it's a hardened steel, so it's, it's just so nice. And then, finally, I flip over the price tag, and I'm expecting, I'm expecting 1000 bucks or more. And I flip it over, and it says 650 on it. Oh boy. <laughs> so basically on the spot, I'm like, okay, let me just make a few calls just to make sure that I'm not being swindled here. Because, you know, the whole thing of if you're in a, in a antique store and you come up against the anvil, just run in the other direction because that thing is going to be way overpriced. It's an antique store. Of course it's overpriced. But so I called up, I, the first one I called up was you. I'm like, it's hey button, it's yada. I'd sent pictures and you're looking at it. And the the other big flaw in it is there is a crack that goes through um basically it goes from the side of the anvil into the um the pritchel hole. But there's two pritchel holes. So basically it, it starts and it stops at the pritchel hole. So like as long as I don't hit in that back corner really hard, 
or you know if I use a Pritchell hole, I'll just use the other Pritchell hole. It's it's not that big of a hindrance for me. Um, so I call up you and you say, "Holy cow, that's a fantastic deal!" You know you should be expecting probably what did you say like eight dollars a pound or so. And what it what it ended up coming down to is like almost four dollars a pound. So it's like you know why why wouldn't I you know go ahead and, and take the play? And then I also called up um, uh, Nick Tobin pickle cutters. And he, you know, he basically is like, holy cow, that thing's fantastic, you know, whatever. It should be probably between, you know, six to eight pounds, or maybe he said uh, eight to ten pounds or so, or dollars a pound. So I'm like, you know, this is a hell of a deal. And the kicker for me is I look closer at the tag, and it said it also comes with this the steel base, which is basically the hubcap off of a semi-truck with a tube, or a... I think it's like a solid tube that comes up. I mean, it's a solid like four inch diameter steel bar that comes up and up to a one inch thick base plate. It's like, I mean, that adds like probably uh, 150 pounds in itself. So basically I ended up going up to the front and I talked to them and they, they decided, you know, $600 is good enough. And I picked up my, myself one hell of a hay button anvil. And that is, a, just that got, is a great story, oh Brian. <laughs> and I'll tell you, uh, and this is something to be something to learn from in your process of purchasing this is that if mm-hmm. you're in a place where anvils and blacksmithing stuff is not their primary focus, negotiate, you know, in, in an antique store, a lot of those things are consignment pieces and mm-hmm. you just don't know it. And so, you know, the, the person who is delivered that piece and put it on consignment has probably given the shop owner a, a range, you know, right. put it listed for six fifty. I'll sell it for five fifty or six. And if we get an offer anywhere in there, take it. <clears throat> and well, what and actually that's turned the, out perfect. What turned out perfect is the guy who put it in on consignment was there in the shop. So I oh. talked to him for like an hour. <laughs> Shit. So like, do you have I, an origin the... story of this thing? Like, do you know like so where it... he got it? It was his grandfather's anvil. No kidding. And he, he used it on the farm for fair. Like, he, he was a farrier. Like, he used gotcha. it for that. But but it was his, like, this was the one that he didn't use. He used, he had one that he brought around to all the different places that was his, like, beater anvil. This was, like, kind of his nicer anvil that he only used a couple times. So, like, there there's some scarring on it. Like, you can see that it was it was used. Oh, it was used, But, like, yeah, it's sure. not deformed. Like, all of the all of the surfaces are nice and flat. The corners have a couple chips, and that's that's to be expected. But that's that's not that big of a deal. But this was, like, his, like, don't touch my anvil anvil. So, yeah, that was yeah. really good. And so, um, yesterday, I actually went back and picked it up and got it into the shop. And, um, first of all, I I actually brought you know my my girlfriend's father who is one giant man, and um, we we went in and I almost felt like I was kind of being an asshole because I thought you know it's it's you know 131 pounds I thought you know it'd take the two of us to move it around no I could just pick that thing up and throw it on a cart and wheel it out and throw it into my van so I I wasted his morning trying to get the thing in but you know he was having fun um, <laughs> so we we got it into the shop. And I'm just, I get it in there. I did a live stream real quick, just basically to, you know, show it off and all that fun thing. I actually had a good little conversation with Dennis Tyrello. He, he's actually down in, shoot, did he say Cabo or something? He's, he's on vacation. He's having a great time. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so I went ahead and I got it set up and I, now my big task is to get this anvil stuck to the base. 
So I went and bought some silicone and some bolts and some um, mild steel. And I drew some, I basically cut this mild steel into two different straps and put holes at the end so that I could wrap it around the base of the anvil and then drill down into this one inch thick uh, mild steel plate to, to bolt it down. And oh my God, as drilling into a mild steel one inch thick plate, a pain in the ass. Holy cow. I spent literally an hour per hole. It was crazy. I'm just, I, I, I lit all yesterday, basically the second half of my, I picked up the anvil right around 1130 or so, got it into my shop at, shop at noon, ate a little bit of lunch. I started drilling holes at like one o'clock and I didn't finish drilling. I, I got two hole, two and a half holes drilled and I literally spent like three hours on it. It was God awful. <laughs> Yeah, you you and I talked a little bit about the process after you had attempted it, and uh, so just in, if anyone ever comes up against this, when you're dr- drilling through thick steel like that, you know the best way to do it is step up. You know, you want to yeah. start with a pilot hole, small, you know, eighth inch, whatever, mm-hmm. drill it, and then move up, say, to a quarter of an inch, and then on and on and on. And as you get bigger, it gets easier. The, the, the right. thing is, is when you're drilling it with hand, you're using a pneumatic drill too. So you're oh, right. really I didn't behind. even talk about that. I, I'm <laughs> using this Harbor Freight air powered freaking drill. And it's, it's kind of loud as it, shit. <laughs> it's super loud. And the air compressor is constantly running because it's only like a six gallon air compressor. So like mm-hmm. when I start drilling on this thing, I get like 10 seconds of really hard drilling and then like another 10 seconds of winding down as it gets slower and slower oh, and no. slower. Oh, yeah. And it's like I – And then you, you have to wait for like – you have to wait for like 30 seconds for it to power back, oh, sometimes even longer. It's just like I'm just – Don't you, you know, know somebody with like a – like a heavy duty drill. I mean, like a corded. You got to know somebody that's got a corded drill. Everybody up there. I'm got sure I. Things. I'm sure I do. But honestly, I I I drilled two and a half holes yesterday. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna run to Harbor Freight and buy a corded drill that's actually gonna get through. Because yeah, I mean, if, I if I, I probably a, need a solid drill anyways. But yeah, ugh. yeah. I mean, yeah. You're right. I I agree. I think everybody should have a decent drill. I, I will say if. Yeah, there's really no good way to do that unless you have like some serious tooling, like a mag drill or something, you know. Right, so. right. I like yeah, that concept so, though. The straps with the with the mild steel and then the two holes that are run to, at a forty five, I assume, right over the the foot of the anvil. Is that well? Actually, uh, what, what I'm doing, you're doing. What I'm doing is I actually threw the straps in the forge and I actually forged them around the base, so it like uh, hugs around the base a little bit. Like and that this. way I can do I just like straight this. bulls straight down. And then uh, once I have them both, all the holes drilled, then I can actually cinch those down to like tighten it down and like clamp it in. And you did mention so. silicone, which is a good thing. You want to put a layer yeah. of silicone yeah. between the steel and the anvil to sort of deaden the, you know, transfer the, the, uh, and it also, gl- there's also a mechanical component to that. I've right. heard that and, um, it'll stick the anvil to the steel plate. At first, I was going to throw on the silicone and then start, you know, drilling. But now that I've thought about it and I didn't end up yeah. putting the silicone on, I should definitely That's wait good. until right to the point when I cinch it down because that point, you know, it can kind of like sp- – the silicone could kind of do its spreading thing and really adhere nicely. So, yep, yep, yeah. Yep. I agree. I think you should wait. And you, it's easier to drill those holes. You know, mark them, take the anvil off the stand, drill the holes, mm-hmm. and then come back anyway, you know. 
But yeah, man. Well, congratulations so that's, that's been on my this. Fun. Oh my gosh, just having I what I did is I, I ended up taking my my 50, 50 pound harbor freight and put it on top and just like did the hammer drop test and it's like you take the hammer and it just thunks on the on the um the old harbor freight anvil. It like almost doesn't even bounce at all. And then you put that thing on you know, I drop that shit on the ground because screw that thing. And I, I grab my I grab it and do the same drop on this on the new anvil. And it it doesn't quite come up exactly what it was, but I mean it's a solid seventy five percent rebound. And that's before I have it all anchored down. So I mean I, I think it's gonna be decent. I think it's gonna be a solid anvil for a long, long time. And I I mean, just like anything, you you get a new tool. Like I, I don't know if it's gonna be quite as big, but like what I've been thinking is like you know that that move from a one by thirty to a two by seventy two. I'm thinking I I don't know if it's going to be quite as dramatic, but I know it's going to be pretty damn near. You know, moving from a cast iron up to it a is an anvil. Yeah, and um, this is a it brings up an interesting point because um, I watched a video on YouTube, <clears throat> Christ centered, uh. A workshop. I can't think of the name. Uh, have you ever l- watched him, Christ-centered blacksmith or something like that? I'd have to. The uh, name sounds super familiar. Let me, super let me familiar. just Google this. Christ-centered uh, forger blacksmith on YouTube. Christ-centered ironworks. That's it. Okay. On right. YouTube. And he did a, uh, he does great videos and it's like old school stuff. Like he's, um, he's a younger guy, but he's like, he's been blacksmithing for a long time. It's tons of great information. And, um, he just put out a video like four days ago about trying to actually, uh, heat treat a, a, uh, Harbor Freight anvil. So he puts a Harbor Freight anvil into his coal forge and he heats it up to non-magnetic and then he quenches it. I won't ruin it for you, but um, go, go watch it. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of good information about the quality of those anvils. By the way, I own one, and I used it up until last year when I bought my uh, Peter Wright. So okay. I used it, I, and I still use it. it. It's like one of my go-to anvils when I just need to like whack something, and I don't really mm-hmm. so much care about the outcome. And okay. so, but go, go, like I said to you, like keep that Harbor Freight as a backup and beat stuff sure, on it sure. and it's all good. But uh, yeah, go, go watch that video and then yeah. see, see, see what's what. But uh, yeah, Christ Centered um, Ironworks is a good, is a good shout out because it's really, sure. really great stuff. But just to wrap up this whole Anvil talk real quick, um, my, my long-term goals is obviously this, that for the, for the meantime, this Hey Button Anvil is going to be my main thing because I, it's the best thing I have. But my long-term goals is I would love to do some like for like shops or like basic classes in my shop, like, you know, simple rudimentary forging classes or even down the road, you know, do some solid classes. Well, this anvil, I mean, it already has the, the crack in the one Pritchell hole. So, like, this can kind of be, like, one of those in the future where, you know, basically I'll, I'll paint, like, a section, do not hit here. And then, you know, that can just kind of be the beater anvil for, you know, any sort of, you know, people that come through. But, um, and then, of course, I always have the Harbor Freight. If anybody really pisses me off, you're like, no, you, you got to forge in the Harbor Freight now. <laughs> but... <laughs> 
this is this is your uh this is your like uh your punishment, punishment. is to <laughs> use this you will now learn how i learned the hard way right. yeah <laughs> all right so i've been messaging with ben he, it's some, he's having technical difficulties i sent him a new link and i think it's <laughs> oh, shit, i don't know what's course. going on with him but uh yeah i'm trying to get him on the podcast but i sent him a new link and i think it's because last week he was signed in as me so he oh, needs to sign out of ca- sign yeah. Out, so it's a whole thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Sign out and then just click the link. Well, um, we can't have two Brian houses in here. Come on, you can't. No, you can't have two. You got to You got to only sign in as yourself. So there um, must and then be one. there can only be one. The Highlander Work for <laughs> It Podcast 2022 coming to an audio source near you. <laughs> Come on, you gotta why have the hell sound don't you do that. Are you not why on the, the sound hell? effects today? Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> super, super appropriate. Yes, yes. Yeah, I was I gonna say, it. sadly, I don't have a whole lot of options over here quite yet. We got, yeah, Speaking we gotta get of, some of them in there. We gotta get some more options, and I really want to. Like you did the the ad reads for um, Knife Talk podcast. I feel like one of the things, one of my stretch goals with this, with this roadcaster is I would love to get other podcasts to do like the, you know, one is just straight work for it. One of it is it's dad joke time. Um, maybe another one where it's like um, WFI, you know, projects, it, it's time to switch over to WFI projects and hit that button. I feel like it'd be a really cool, yeah. like bringing in other podcasts into ours, but I don't know. I don't uh, know how to yeah, do it. Absolutely. Uh, no, I mean, I, if right? I sent. Yeah, I would think with the roadcaster you can um customize those uh audio uh files, right? You can can you upload audio files into it? I would assume. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, so if I sent you like switching gears into WFI projects on Instagram. Yeah, but it it can't and be you can do like a somebody else, right? Oh, you don't want me to do it. I see. No, I How about the you whole do idea is I I want to get other podcasts like Different hosts, like it would be cool to get Jason and Pickle to do one for us, or you know, oh, if we could I somehow the get the. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be cool. Get but... get like people in the community to uh, to, right, to do reads. Right. Right. I definitely think Pickle could do it because he's like his voice is great and very distinctive. Jason Hartwell for sure too, and then um, like even Dennis Tyrell, I think. I don't know how oh, yeah, how he sure. would feel about it, but uh, yeah. We could get him in on it. Uh, yeah. Well, shoot. Definitely, I'm also seeing. Definitely. I'm also seeing idea. text like from Bri- from Brian or Ben, and it looks like Cast doesn't support Safari. Oh my goodness. My I'm man, you, it looks like the only ben. one there. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, Ben. Sorry, buddy. I think it definitely has something to do with him being signed in as me on Cast and creating the last show as me. More than likely. And then he's More than likely. And now I'm in it, and I'm recording, and it thinks that. You know, his machine is my machine. So hopefully, Ben, you get this figured out. And I know he he can because he's like one of those guys that will just figure it out. But as we shift gears. Well, we were we were just talking about getting some outside influence on the podcast. Do we want to jump into this whole special special feature we're doing today? Yes, absolutely. So what was the what let lay it out for us before you do it that we, we reached out to the community and we wanted to know what. <laughs> well, the whole idea was I thought that this podcast was going to be all centered around like New Year's resolutions. And 
we're almost an hour in, and we haven't talked about New Year's resolutions at all. We could talk about nothing, Brian, by the way, for like four hours straight, and I'm pretty sure everyone would love it and listen to it, so don't worry about that so much. But you're right. We were supposed to do a year in review and then also do like a resolution-type situation. Uh, and we had this we had this concept that was kind of half-baked that you guys did in the last episode right. when I couldn't be there. And then right. we had, you know, te- there's technical difficulties with trying to get right. people to submit things to us. So we're trying to figure out. Right. We so do, however, have two basi- submissions, right? We actually have three now. So basically the whole idea oh, was um, right. I wanted to get like little 60-second thir- clips of, you know, hey, introduce yourself and then talk about what your New Year's resolution is. And then I can basically take that video and throw it on the Roadcaster Pro and get it right into the podcast. So... The first one is from Neil Warren. If you know him, he's Maximus oh, Nice. Oh, know Neil. One of the guys. One of the guys. I've always wanted to get on this podcast. I think he would be a great guest because he's just one hell of a storyteller. And, of course, I have to download it. I probably should have had that set ready and set to go. And here we go. Hello, everybody. My name is Neil Warren, better known as... Maximus Knives on Instagram, TikTok, Neil Warren on Facebook. Anyways, so um, New Year's resolutions, uh, things going forward in the world of knife making and shop improvement, so forth and so on. Um, I look forward to improving my youtube channel that i just started um learning how to do that a little bit better definitely uh making sure that i'm getting my tool upgrades that i need not feeling guilty about spending money on stuff that i need in the shop and definitely going to be making a short sword this year and going to blade show as a spectator but that is my resolutions and i look forward to a great year and hope everybody else does too that well, was excellent. That nice? One of the, th- I really liked what he said about not feeling guilty about upgrading tooling. Holy cow! I don't yeah, know about you, thing. but that is a huge thing. I do it. I am. I'm one of those guys that goes. I really could use this tool, but I, you know, I can do it another way or whatever. And um, he's absolutely right. Uh, Sarah says this to me all the time about. You know, look at the tools you've invested in, and look at the return on those investments. And it's as simple as that. Buying tooling is definitely worth doing as long as you obviously do your research and don't buy silly things. But uh, right. yeah, I love that. Neil, thank you so much for the submission, man. That's that's so cool. I like his voice yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm telling it's you, he needs to clear. be on the podcast. He needs to be on the yeah, podcast. Yeah. Jason Hartwell to needs on. to be on the podcast. We need to do that collaboration thing again. That was a lot of fun with the Art of Craftsmanship guys. Totally agree. We got to do the art. We got to do the smash up thing that we did. I had an enormous uh, amount of people tell me how much they loved the smash up. So for sure, for sure. uh, And it was really well received. So we should definitely do that again. But yeah, Neil definitely is one hell of a knife maker. If you're not already following him, you got to go follow him. And also, he also is one of my favorite guys that like, it seems like almost every time I do a live stream, he jumps in and interacts and nine times out of 10, he'll jump on the live stream. Even if it's just for a quick, hey, how you doing? You know, five minutes in and out. 
while he's moving on to something else. You know, I, I always appreciate that he is one of the guys that is always down to, you know, jib jab and, you know, jump in and interact. He's, he's just a really good guy. So I appreciate him for sure. So the next guy is the one, the only, oh my, oh, it's already loaded up. Brian Hooten spells it with a Y, my man, Brian with a Y. (laughs) This is Brian Hooten of Hooten Knives. And uh, I think my New Year's resolution is going to be focus on my skills and my design level. Um, So uh, this is something I thought about for a while. I'm actually not going to take any custom orders this next year, and I'm probably not going to work in batches. I think I'm going to try to focus on single knives. Um, Finishing out, I made still batch work each week. Um, But mainly, I just want to push my skills to the next level. And I think working um, one piece at a time for me is going to be the way to do it. Um, and it hopefully help me get stuff done a little bit more consistently than trying to do batch work that ends up dragging me down. So my new resolution is just to become the best knife maker I can be this next year. Um, hopefully I'll put out some cool stuff. Love the podcast. Uh, thank you guys for what you do. Um, it's awesome. Uh, keep up the good work. And Happy New Year's to you. Sweet, sweet. I, I really appreciate Brian Hooten. He's another guy that's always there to interact. But yeah, that's that. I didn't listen to it before the podcast. I am so surprised not taking orders for an entire year. That would kill me. <laughs> not taking custom orders. So oh, he did oh, say custom right. orders. And I think that um, I like where he's going with that. I think if you listen to a lot of custom knife makers, you'll find that Custom orders is definitely a, a tough gig, and you you know this, Brian. Um, oh, if you make sure. knives, it, as you build up your uh, customer list and get more attention on social media, uh, like take a page out of Neil Kamamura's book, uh, where now he just makes knives, and and he lists them on Instagram or puts them up on his website, and they're gone in 10 minutes. He, he doesn't make any knives for people specifically. It's just people love his work and are willing to support him. So See, uh, and, that's, and I think that's, that's the goal. That's definitely where, a I, lot of knives that's where I want to be for sure. Like, that is the dream. Basically, to have the, the ability to be like, make whatever the hell you want and it will sell. Like, that would be like... Perfect. Be pretty but sweet. Yeah, it'd be pretty. At this sweet. point, I all. But the other side of things is, I love the interaction of you know talking to the customer and like getting and getting exactly what they want and like narrowing it down to you know this spec, that spec, all that fun stuff, and then the payoff at the end to basically be able to hand them exactly what they're thinking and seeing that look over their eyes of oh my god, it's it's real like. Th- what I was imagining is now here in, in real life. I, I love that interaction too. So I don't know, maybe I'll have to do like a 50, 50 type thing. Only take like, let's say 50 customs in a year and the rest of them are just whatever the hell I want to make. But Yeah. I mean, I, it, for me, the customer interaction stuff is my least favorite thing. So like, oh, you know, I, maybe that's that. because I'm old. I know you love it. I just personally, you know, um, I'm just, I'm just not that, I don't have that built into me. So I am, I think maybe, uh, your concept of doing, you know, I, here's what I think. If you're a knife maker and you're early in your career, I think you should take custom orders because people are going to want to, you know, give you custom orders and you're going to sell and you're going to make, you know, people love that as you grow and get better at your, your craft, 
you make a custom order and as you're making that custom order, maybe make something for yourself and then, you know, do that every once in a while and build up a pile of knives that you could just sell off and, you know, kind of mix it up, you know, do that kind of deal. I think that's a good business strategy for sure, for for any maker, you know? But yeah, I know Brian, I'm, this is weird because it's Brian and Brian talking about Brian. <laughs> but Brian, it's Hooten, a very popular name. It's a very it popular is, it name. It is. It's a great name. Great, great, strong name for sure. But um, yeah, I know that he is, he's well on his way. Like that, that guy, I know he is, he could sell customs for, I mean, he, he makes such good work that I, I know that he could have a nice log list of people that would want customs. So it's like. To be to take that step back and really take the year to hone your craft, I know he is going to be far and away, you know, better in the future and be able to, you know, basically come out, you know, swinging even harder, even though he's kind of a hard hitter as he is. But yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So the last one that we have is, I believe, is from Down Under. Noel Hancock. All the way on the other side of the planet. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Let me start that over. Other side of the planet. We're far reaching. That's awesome. G'day, guys. Noel here from Shed Time Down Under. So next year, uh, finishing up some projects. Obviously, I've got that uh, first smoker that I've been working on. Then uh, once I've got that done, I'll be onto the remote control airboat, finishing that up, and uh, then work on the second of the twin smokers. I need to get that finished. Then it'll be a big shed cleanup and uh, rearrange because I need to make a lot of space. So I've got a pretty big project I'm going to start next year. Uh, be the restoration of a... 67 68 valiant safari station wagon so that'll be a pretty cool build um obviously i spent a lot of time last 12 when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 percent lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7-up all with your card Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Months uh, getting my head right, so I feel like I'm in a good space. So uh, next year I'll be working on the body. So I've already started, uh, on a, not, not only a diet so much, but just eating better and uh, doing a bit of work at the gym and just generally working on fixing myself up. So that's about it. Uh, I hope all you guys have a really good new year and uh, a great sort of 2022 coming up. Cheers. Awesome. Awesome. See, Noel has this advantage over all of us because he's just on the other side of the international dateline and he gets to celebrate New Year's before (laughs) the rest of us. It's not fair. It's not fair. Oh, oh, yeah. 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 For sure. Anyways, all joking aside, <clears throat> this is something that I really wanted to, and I, I touch on this a lot, and it's something I've thought about a lot in the recent, I'd say even in the last year, has been like a constant steady theme for me, is that um, getting your head right and and then also attributing the work that we do 
to the uh, I like to see my workshop as therapy. And I think there's a mm-hmm. lot of guys out there that do too. Okay. And Noel touches on this about mental health and, you know, getting your head right and keeping things sort of clean upstairs in, in your brain. And um, Jimmy Duresta actually talked about this a little bit on the Making It podcast. The I don't know if it's the, the last one they put out or the one before, but he talks about how when he was in his 20s, he decided to become abstinent from alcohol. And he, you know, he noticed that like there are certain members of his family that all struggled with addiction. And what he was saying was, is, you know, he realized it early on when he was young and realized that alcohol could become a problem for him. So he, you know, stayed away from it. And um, all these years later, now he attributes his success uh, to being sober and, you know, making basically using his career work, making things as his addiction. You know, he's like, I'm addicted to my job now. I, I work. Uh, and, but that's what, you know, he's like the outcome. He said, it's to this really hit a, hit a note with me. He said, the outcome of that is so much better than being addicted to drugs and alcohol and things that drag you down. Um, I think a lot of us as men don't really connect with that feeling because we don't fully understand it. But I know Mm. because I talk to a lot of makers in the community privately, that they also use their making things, their projects, as a means to keep busy, to bring themselves up, because there's a usually a, a, an instant sort of gratification. Ben even talks about this a lot when he was building houses. He's like, at the end of the day, you could look back and see what you did. You know, you had this huge you know structure that you put together, and there's something that's built into us as men, as providers. Uh, that, uh, you know, we need this. It's not like we want this. We need to make things and Mm -hmm, and we need, it's a built in thing and it does not go away. The older you get, the stronger it gets is that you start looking at your life and you start thinking about the things you're going to leave behind your legacy and all of that. And then also about how you spend your time. Noel does a really great job of not covering up the fact that he struggled with this and that, you know, he went to, he's been in dark places at times as we all have, but because we're men, we're not allowed to feel these things or discuss them uh, openly because it's seen as weakness. I Mm -hmm. would like to say that it's the converse. I see it as strength. And this is the reason why regularly I shout out Noel and his path and what he's doing. Because it's so important to understand that when you discuss that you're having a hard time or you are using that as a like making things or being productive as a means to pull yourself out of something, that is a strength, in my opinion. So cheers to you, Noel. I appreciate you from the other side of the planet. And uh, we'll see you on the on the flip side in 2022. Yeah, for sure. And he, he talked to he definitely talked about, you know, getting his body right. And that's definitely something that I am going to at, as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bigger guy. Like I'm, I'm at 275, almost 280 at times. And it's like, I, I understand we, we park fun and sharp Santa and all that fun stuff. But like, I want to definitely spend this year getting slimmer for sure. Like that's, that's one of my, you know, personal goals. Uh, and if I could give you a piece of advice, it's all diet. Just look at your yeah, calories. Yeah, it is intake. absolutely. 
It is. It you is. are on your feet enough. You don't need to worry about the working out portion of it. I know a lot of people like, oh, I need to, you know, strike up my metabolism. It really has nothing to do with that. It, is, it has everything to do with the amount of intake and calories that you're taking in. Just look at your carbs, sugar, and all of that. Right, and right, for sure. It's, and food is an addiction, dude. I am. It is, I, it is. I got addicted to sugar and carbohydrates in a, about – 10 years ago, I was diagnosed with a gluten allergy, so I couldn't eat carbs anymore. And mm-hmm. it was like the second I did that, probably within a week or two, I was just like dropping pounds. I mean, my like it was just like I could not keep weight on, you know, and it was because and I was consuming so many carbohydrates. Another reason why I don't really want to do the whole gym rat thing is like I, I did that for about a month or so. But the problem is, is that I was working out and getting sore and then I wasn't going to the shop because like I did arm yeah. day and then like the next day I'm supposed to forge and I get a couple, I get a couple 10 minutes, you know, sessions in and all of a sudden my, I can't hit a point that I'm trying to hit. And it's like, you know, th- <laughs> this working out or you. like I would do leg day and then the next day I'm supposed to stand at the grinder all day. And it's like, I lit my knees are giving out while I'm trying to grind straight bevels and it's like working out is hindering my knife making it's like i can't do that i mean it would be good if i was able to like i i guess maybe it's just like a long-seated like back in the day you know i was a wrestler and basically you know we would i would finish football at like 225 and then i'd be down to 189 in like two weeks or three weeks or some shit really unhealthy like starving myself and basically working out to the point of like like exhaustion. I've actually passed out from almost, you know, from basically heat exhaustion and all that fun stuff a couple times. And, um, just like running in trash bags and all those unhealthy things you're really not supposed to do. And, um, yeah, it was really bad. It looking back it, it like, if I ever have a son, I will not let him do the shit that I did because that's, that's just bad for you. But, um, yeah, basically like when I go back to working out, like uh, there's like a switch in my brain where I just go back into this, like working out hard routine. And it's like, I wish I could just like, work out a little bit <laughs> but I, I for whatever reason it's like as soon as i get you're in the burning gym a ton get... of calories though right. you're you're in your shop and you're burning a ton of calories oh, by sure, hitting sure. hitting that steel so look at it like that you're you're doing the work out in your shop and so it really is just go, it comes down to calorie deficit yeah. you just have to go sure. you have to and i it sucks the, the first yeah. week of that diet, like just Ooh, eating yeah. vegetables and all that shit, it sucks. But you, you get in, like, I'm not kidding you. Like, I look at sugar and carbohydrates because as you get older, it gets harder. So you're, <clears throat> like, for instance, I don't use any sugar anymore in anything. Wow. So I use stevia, and that takes time to get used to and all of that. But it's zero calorie. And it's it's sugar's terrible for you, by the way. It's like the, the number one cause of all kinds of disease is is sugar. So, hey, listen, if you want somebody to be your your guy to to assist you in your diet and and all of that, leverage me, dude, seriously, because okay. I cool. know I know a lot about it and I would like to be your your diet mentor. And there go. if you I'll ever wanted that. to run through it, I would I would look I would basically tell you that like you know, document everything you eat for a week in like yeah. your regular schedule of like what it looks like and then I, send it to me and I'll tell you what's wrong with it. And then I'll, and then I'll say like, this is this and this. So I appreciate you, Brian, for opening up about that, by the way, because that's another thing that people don't talk about and they should. So that's good. I I'm supportive of your quest. I have a little bit of surprise. I actually just got another submission for the resolution. So I'm going to go ahead and play it now. It's Mark 
from 118 Blades. No, nice. Haha, I had it muted. (laughs) (laughs) Take two, Mark from 118 Blades. Oh, hey, you work for it podcast. It's Mark, 118 Blades. Uh, My New Year's resolutions are uh, making more Damascus on my press. Um, making more knives, obviously, and sell more BA vendors and that's my goal. But for that, I need all of you to do that. I might need some tips and tricks, so I will ask for that and I'll take everything in consideration. Um, that's about it, I guess. And just stay healthy, I think. So, that's my clip for the WFI projects. Bye, goodbye. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> I like the, goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> oh, I, I, I like what he's, what he's saying. I don't know if you've been following along with the, um, the, uh, process that he put together for the the press that he built did you see that with the log splitter hydraulic? yeah i was actually i did a live stream while he was building it we did like oh no kidding uh, i forget i forget what i was doing i was i was working on something maybe i was forging out a couple knives and he was building it he was building um oh shoot like i don't know if he was just putting up the uh the vertical struts that he was he was putting it together, but basically it was like grinding it down and welding it up. And I mean, a lot of that podcast or a lot of that live stream, it was just me and him kind of chit chatting. And then we'd have like 10 minute streaks of, you know, I'm forging and he's working. It was just kind of like two, two bros working together. It was was fun. I like those ones. That's fantastic. Yeah, no, that was a massive success because I, I just know from, kind of following around the, um, the social media on with any blacksmithing is that people want a forge press, you know, they want to have the ability to press steel together. And, um, I was um, lucky enough to acquire a Clark Taplin press 25 ton recently. And, um, but you know, the cost of doing that can be a little bit prohibitive, you know, to purchase like a press from say like coal ironworks or, you know, something like that, or, you know, it can get expensive. So he took a, a, a log splitter and utilized the hydraulics from it and turned it into something that actually presses steel together. And uh, he's made his first piece. It, it, it's amazing to me that he'd never done that before. <clears throat> number one, I never built a press before, built it, and then successfully laminated steel together with it, first try. So that right there shows you that if you can uh, put enough elbow grease in anything, you can make it happen. If you want it, you'll make it happen. And I love that Mark is doing it and sharing his process, by the way. So I, I appreciate Mark. Uh, real quick, because we're talking about Mark Vanderwerf, he is our OG Patreon supporter. Oh yeah, and, great dude. Great and, dude. Yeah, great dude. He has supported us since January twenty second of twenty twenty one, which is almost Holy a year cow. ago. Wow. Yeah, eleven months. He has been our. He is our oldest supporter um, in time. 
not as in age, but as in time. <laughs> and real quick, I want to shout out everybody on the list. So we got Mark Vanderwerf. We have Justin Miller from Florida Man Forge. Devin O'Hara from The Art of Craftsmanship. Not Dustin, but Devin specifically <laughs> of, of The Art of Craftsmanship. Uh, Noah Bloomberg from Entiot River Forge. Michael Nye. Jamie Blow. Jamie the Squid. Eric. Bob Ryan. Brigham Kindell. Scott Wilkerson. My buddy Scott Wilkerson who helped me finish the mezzanine. Thank you so much. Menster Hill Forge. Keith Drennan. Bob in the UK. Brian Hooten of Hooten Knives. Jason Moss from Aru Knives in Texas. Mark LeBlanc, our favorite. Well, I can't say he's our favorite Canadian because we all know there's a lot of favorite Canadians. But Mark LeBlanc, <laughs> our axe man, our axe man. Ken Kimna, Crafty Man Forge. James Hunberger of Hunsberger Pocket Knives. Cardoso Knives. Sean Michael Owen, who is our top supporter. Top, top supporter. He's in a wow. top tier. Uh, Sean Michael Owen of Moxie Engineering. KnifeMaterial.at. KnifeMaterial.at is joined on. Moonshine Leatherworks. Brian Absher, the uh, funny man himself uh, with the Al Bundy uh, work. Uh, the Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the Al Bundy football uh, prank, which is that is we'll never live that down. Uh, Working Hands Podcast. If you're not listening to the Working Hand, Hands Podcast, you are missing out. Go check those guys out. Ryan Coakley. And here, uh, Ryan Coakley is, I'll say, the next few names that I read off, these are the first time they've been mentioned. So Ryan Coakley, which I believe is Red Knives, and Carol Ann Jeanette from hey. Kawa Jeanette. She is now Jeanette, a yeah. Patreon supporter. She's our uh, executive uh, director of wooden spoon carving and um, blacksmithing jewelry. She's an amazing human being. And um, uh, one of the gifts that I gave Sarah this year was from Carol Ann. Uh, oh, cool. Oxford Blade, yeah, Oxford Blade Company has joined on um, as, uh, uh, as a high five contributor. And MaritimeKnifeSupply.com, Lawrence, over at MaritimeKnifeSupply.com, is now a uh, high-five contributor. And get this, Richard Beck from Beck's Armory is joined on. He was our last <laughs> patron. Can you believe it? Richard Beck is wow, now cool. on our list. That is so cool. I love that. that. So cool. Beck's Armory is so cool. Yeah. Like, I get this question all the time because Richard and I would be considered competitors in business. Business does not have to be like that. All right. People no, don't need to see it like that. It's it's we if we lift each other up, the market will compensate. I always say this and it uh, business does not have to be like that. So um, uh, and by the way, Richard doesn't just do grinders. He does all kinds of other cool stuff. So go to his website, bexarmory.com, check him out and see what he's up to. Cause he builds forges and he builds Venturi burners. And uh, I think he's doing ribbon burners. Now he's got like all kinds of awesome projects. And if you want to witness somebody doing a massive hustle side hustle business, go check out Richard Beck because that dude is doing it. And I've said this on multiple podcasts. He's, he's a great uh, example of somebody who's willing to work for it. So anyway, those are our, our Patreon supporters. We appreciate everyone who's joined up so far. Uh, I have had some really cool conversations with some of you on, on the DMS. For and, sure, for uh, sure. Yeah, man. 
Can you believe that? So, 29. 29 patrons. 29 people. That's crazy. That's that's so yeah. much more than I – I mean, obviously, there's always that upward, upward trajectory of anything, you know, whatever. But this seems like it's, like, exponentially going up. Like, it seems like every single week we're, we're adding on more and more. It's it's awesome. It really and is. And also with it the really WFI is. projects – what did you say? When how many WFI projects are there? Because the, if I remember correctly, it was like seventeen hundred or something like that, which is almost just so much more than. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so much more than I ever expected. Like that's crazy. Eighteen hundred posts on WFI projects. If you hashtag it, you could get called out. Uh, we we obviously can't call out all of them, but there's right, so right. many great projects on WFI projects, and I'm gonna plunk one out right now. Howling Winds Hammer in Connecticut. Howling Winds Hammer on Instagram. So if you're not familiar um, with uh, Glenn Haworth, not only is he funny, he's an extremely talented blacksmith who makes awesome axes and so and other things. I, I know he makes hammers and other stuff. Go check him out. But he did a really cool just like camp axe. It's just like a small one. Uh, let's see. It's a... 1.8 pound, 15 inch with a cross cut micarta wedge and an, a hand carved ash handle. It's oh, just, cool, and he cool. puts a, like a compass. I don't know how he gets this in there. It must be some sort of hot stamp or etch of some kind compass on the handle and it, or on the ax so head cool. itself. It's amazing work. And he's not only that, he's super entertaining to watch on Instagram. He's a very funny guy. And uh, go check him out, Howling Winds Hammer, on Instagram. I'll let you. I'll let you read out. I'll let you read out a couple of them because I'm actually waiting. A couple more people are saying that they're making videos right now for the. So we're we're getting these resolutions oh, hot off the presses. So if you want to go ahead and press, right? If you want to read out a couple, or if you want to um, go into what your New Year's resolution in the shop is, you know, we could go either All way. Right. We could do that. I'm gonna shout out the Rivers Experience real do quick, it, do it. Eric. Rivers, the underscore Rivers underscore experience. He did a really cool, I would say this is like a cross between between a Kukri and a Bowie maybe, but it's a like very, when I look at this piece, I think Texas, like I think mm-hmm. Texas, man, this is a great piece. So go check it out. He posted it 11 hours ago on Instagram. He is from Wichita Falls, Texas. He has 860 followers on Instagram. He needs more followers there. And he also has an awesome YouTube channel where he shows off how he builds these knives. Um, again, another great example of somebody who's doing a side hustle business because Eric talks a lot, a lot about this. He's also a fed, fellow competitor in the, uh, the challenges that we do on YouTube. Uh, the challenge uh, that was set up by Aaron Lee and Dennis Terrell, uh, Eric always participates in those same challenges, and his work is just off the charts great. So go check out the underscore Rivers underscore experience on YouTube and Instagram. Super, super awesome. Love it, love it. Sorry, I'm just like messaging... No, that's I'm all right. I'm just messaging right. through I, I, like four or five different people right now that are like hurryingly trying to record. Yeah, something no, to send we've in. got time. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. We've got time. We started early. So um, I'm going to shout out also one that caught my eye, which was Ethan the Hat, who is a connection 
that I got through Ben's Bites. So Ethan the Hat has an interesting history, work history. At some point, we'll have to discuss his, um, let's see, he would be considered, I think, a confectioner. Do you know what a confectioner is? No. Um, I could wait. Hold on. Let me. There's a specific like name for what he used like, to do. Uh, <laughs> I feel like. Hold on. I gotta look this up. Like baking, like baking something. Confectioner. I believe, and I may have said this wrong. It's a candy maker. Somebody that works. There's also oh. another. Uh, he might be considered a chocolatier. I don't know. I Ooh. I can't. I'm talking out of school here, but <laughs> I do know that that he at one time was a sugar peddler. So we'll have to oh, see cool. where, where that. Yeah. So you I know I don't all the exactly... things I'm going to be trying to cut out in the new year. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan, the hat. Make sure you send Brian all kinds of candy for the next. I, I, <laughs> no, I, I I don't know for sure, but this is a this is all hearsay at this point. But he's in Missouri. Um, and he did a Nikiri, Missouri, and we did get clarification on that, by the way, he does not pronounce it as Missouri. He pronounce it, pronounces it as Missouri, which I think is the correct, the correct way to say it. Uh, all right. Since we're doing the, um, since we're doing new year's resolutions, I'm going to just dive right in with mine which sure. is um, I don't do New Year's resolutions typically because <laughs> um, I don't even think in terms like that because I'm always just trying to produce and do more. But I did spend some time thinking about what I want to do with 2022. Okay. Cool. And that is that is kind of like a res- resolution type deal. Uh, I definitely want to produce another tool in 2022 so this will be the year of prototyping another tool and it may go along with the revolution project grinder project Uh, but i want to start expanding the catalog of things that are um, being sold by house being sold and produced by house made industrial Um, the revolution project has taken a lot of my time but i need to expand it if i can kind of I mean, just thinking back on old podcasts, there is one where we talked about where you're going to make a giant shaker. There's one that you're going to do like an air powered power hammer or maybe a press. Are you, is yep. it one of yep. those or are, are you going to go down a whole different rabbit hole? Well, the, the shaker and the, and the pneumatic power hammer are projects I'm definitely working on. In fact, I've already purchased all the stuff to do them. The but as I have to look at it from a business standpoint. So the business standpoint is most people don't need a big industrial tumbler. Just not right. gonna be something that's gonna be like a big seller or something Too I could ship, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And the I, I think Clark has the press project totally handled like you know from a maker standpoint clark is crushing it uh, literally crushing it with his project <laughs> with, <laughs> you see what i did there he is, is crushing it with his with his uh, pun, all puns intended with his uh clark clark <laughs> with clark iron forge and and uh for those of you who don't know and i got a lot of messages from people going like 
you know, where'd you get that press and how do I get one and all of that. And those are all great questions for Clark Taplin. And he's very active on Facebook. So if you go over to the DIY machines, uh, Facebook group, you will find Mr. Clark Taplin, or you can type in his name, Clark with a C Taplin, T A P L I N. Uh, and, um, he is a boutique and probably not very much for very much longer, but he is going to be, uh, and he makes presses, forging presses. And uh, I just so happened to know him and worked with him and collabed on a couple of projects with him um, and did some trade work with him. So he sent me a 25 ton press. I did pay for it, by the way. Um, and so, but I'm not, it, it's hard for me to know what he charges now because I get this question like, Hey, what'd you pay for that? The number I paid isn't going to be the number you paid. And it's the reason right. is, is because we've done trades together and done a lot of work together, um, and, and other, you know, on other projects. So Clark gave me a deal. So, you know, if you want to know what the, one of these costs, talk to Clark directly, uh, because he'll give you the pricing and he can tell you like how much freight costs and all of that. So, I will say that it's significantly cheaper than if you were to go buy one from a major manufacturer. Not that buying one from a major manufacturer is better or worse because I'm not in that game. Like it's the same with grinders. It's like you can go and buy a kit from me or you can go buy a pre-built one or you can go buy a kit from Broadbeck or you can do there's not every customer is the same. Yeah, so the, uh, the go, customer service level of course is going to be so much better with the smaller companies. I agree. I think I, so. I don't know about I, this I've, Brian I've House guy. I've, I've heard that he, he has really <laughs> bad customer service going on over there. I know, man. I, I'll tell you what, man. I, we are we are just lacking in that department. No, I've, I've really focused. In fact, here, here's one of the no, things. that you. When you start a company, that's the biggest thing is if as long as you have a, me, a decent product, your service level on the back end is what actually gets the business really moving and forward. So, uh, yeah. And Clark is awesome to work with every single time I've asked him a question. It's like within an hour or, you know, minutes even of a response. So, yeah. uh, yeah. So the, the press project, it would be great to collab with him on a press project. Maybe there is something there. I don't know. I, I'd have to discuss it with him. Um, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things are on the table. Most likely, I will say it will be grinder related. Um, I have had, we, I've been developing something. I really can't talk about it too okay, much. There's fine. been like little that's sneaks, fine. sneaks out there that uh, are out there that, um, you know, if you do your digging, you might be able to find some video of it somewhere. <laughs> I back know. in the but, uh, back in the back corner of one of your videos for sure. Well, it, I actually it's just not got a one of my videos. Oh, not one of my videos. Oh, that, that, so I'll give a, you that hint. Okay, that's that, that's a pretty big hint. That's putting the dots pretty close. <laughs> well, anyways, <laughs> you're going to be making professional mezzan- mezzanines. <laughs> that's it. I'm going to sell mezzanine kits, Brian. You figured it out. <laughs> All right. Well, and I actually just got apparently. a couple of those pomade, pomade. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I just got a couple submissions. So this one is a good old buddy of mine. I used to do live streams with him when I was just learning how to forge. And basically, we do live streams where we're both forging out knives. Uh, this is CJ from badassery.co.com. Well, not CJ. Badassery. There's no one. Badassery. It's badass, badassery.co. All right. I'm going there right now. Badassery.co. Oh. Um, do I have the levels up? Oh, I have yeah. it muted again. Womp womp. Womp <laughs> womp. All right. Go for oh, it. His website's great, by the way. Podcast family. New Year's resolution. 
Get my shop back in order. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. <laughs> that, that's it. So you guys can't see it, but in in the video, his shop, I mean, he, he had just moved. Um, actually, it was right at the, at the tail end of when we were doing these live streams a couple months ago. He moved into a new house, and basically um, he's been kind of working on the house so much that he hasn't been able to set up his shop. And in the video, he's like, swinging around showing off the shop and it's just tools everywhere and like obviously he needs it looks like a couple weeks worth of organization and um doing all that fun stuff but and he also looks like he has an eye patch i wonder if he just got lasik surgery on one side or something but um yeah so he's he's been his new year's resolution could that be possibly a joke could that be that eye patch be a joke or does it like look it does it look like a pirate eye patch no, it looks like like a like a proper medical iPad. I gotcha. Oh, okay, gotcha. Because I was going to say this could be another Al Bundy football thing. Where we get <laughs> we get caught up talking about it, and he's like, hur, hur. <laughs> "Now we're just on our guard from here on out. Everything that people send us is <laughs> is this another Al Bundy?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it looks like he's going to be setting up his shop. It looks like a solid like two car garage size shop. So it's it's going to be a really good workshop I, for him. I've video chatted with him a couple of times and he's shown me and you're right. It's stacked up and it's cause he just moved. So he's just, right, he's just still right. setting things up, but yeah. Love, I, love, love us some CJ. Yeah. CJ is a great dude. One, another one of those great guys that are just wanting to jump in and interact. He's, he's awesome. And then the last one that I got in, unless somebody else, you know, pulls one out in the last, last couple of seconds here, but this one is actually my local flower lady. So, um, the back, the backstory, and we can kind of turn it into a little bit of a knife making thing. I, I don't know if you guys saw the video or the the post of the um, Damascus Chef knife with the wa style handle. It's the very first wa style handle, but there's actually an embedded flower and epoxy at the very end of it. Um, that that was actually done by Hannah Hannah Tiffin here, Hannah's Flowers here in Midland. So she 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 embedded that flower in epoxy and then i took that and put it on a knife so at least there's a, a little bit of knife making but this is this is my local flower lady She's a great person i i always go in and grab some flowers from her so here's her submission hi this is hannah from hannah's flowers in midland michigan we are a full service florist and preservation center in 2022 we are really going to focus in on some of the back end Um, things that need to happen. We have spent a year and a half or so perfecting our resin casting, and it's time to launch that in our community and across the United States. So that means a lot of new technology, a lot of new systems, new sales techniques, and things like that. So this year, we're really going to take and hone in our back-end background kind of skills that make everything else possible. I hope that you have a wonderful 2022, and we hope to see you. All right. Well, that's that. I don't know if you've I don't know if you've ever looked into that flower preservation stuff. It's like becoming a huge business. So what oh, she's up so to cool. is very, very business savvy. It is. Um, I think it's going to be a big business in the next like two to three years. Like people preserving well, flowers in epoxy, and then they also do it with like glycol and they actually can keep flowers alive now for like a year have you seen this oh yeah yeah for sure but crazy specifically specifically with hers um 
obviously being a florist, like wedding season is huge for her. Um, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but you know, my parents in particular, they still have their wedding flower bouquet, but they just hung it upside down and like, let it dry. And like, it's preserved and it's all that fun stuff. But having them, basically what she does is she takes that bouquet and takes uh, like the best flowers at the very end and puts them together and she casts it in resin. And now you have like, it, it literally looks as good as the day it's casted. So like that literally the, it looks super, super fresh and exactly like it was on your wedding day. So that's, that's a really cool thing. Someday, you know, when Emily and I finally tie the knot, we'll definitely be doing something along those lines for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I mean, it's casting things in resin has become kind of a real um, big business. I mean, obviously it is all over the social media and people watching it and everything, but if you can apply it to a business sense, not just a content sense, like, you know, preserving something for someone, um, I think it's, there's a huge business in it. So awesome. That's great. That's what I like that. She's like doing like a little commercial for her chef, flower shop. I think that's <laughs> See, fantastic. I thought it was kind of, I thought it was kind of out of left field a little bit, but it, I mean, it, it kind of, you know, flows in. It's, it's another small business. It's, you know, working on your back end things so that, you know, of course there's kind of like with Brian Hooten, you know, you can, you can still push and keep getting better and like just try to keep pushing through and do all that some fun things. But every once in a while, you need to step back and figure out your back end so that, you know, you can make things a lot more efficient. And, you know, going down these little side projects, you never know because, of course, being a florist, she was just doing flower stuff and growing and selling flowers and doing that whole thing. But then she got on this little side thing is like, oh, I want to try this casting thing I saw once. And now it's like a whole like side project that brings in another, you know, another, you know, way to get income of, you know, you never know when that side project is going to, you know, really blossom into something (laughs) blossom. (laughs) But you never know when that when that's going to, you know, kind of come together. (laughs) You're ridiculous. Since we're doing the pun thing. Let's uh, <laughs> let's go. Let's move into a dad joke because sure, I've got a sure. really really good one, and this one comes from uh, Rodney up in Canada. Another one. I just gotta say, some of my favorite people on planet Earth have that red and white blood flowing through their veins. <laughs> yeah, man. Been blessed by the maple leaf, the Canadian oh, yeah. people. All right, the Sharp Carpenter. If you don't know who I'm talking about, the Sharp Carpenter on, on Instagram, Rodney. Um, I just got over my addiction to chocolate, marshmallows, and nuts. I won't lie. It was a rocky road. Very apropos. Very, very appropriate for our conversation today. So Perfect, perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, I guess I probably have to do my New Year's resolution now, don't I? I mean, obviously, I mean, do you have do you have one, or did you th- did you work it out in your mind? Have you? Well, been yeah, a little about bit. Um, okay. Obviously, Go the the big one is to you know get my body in a little bit better shape. I think that that is going to you know improve my longevity in the shop. You know, if you if you weigh a little bit less, your joints hurt a little bit less, and you can work a little bit harder and be more productive. Yada yada yada. The next big thing is, um, you know, obviously. I, I finally, you know, with the Christmas orders, I've been kind of hinting this for a long time, you know, getting that ring on Emily's finger. So I actually just put in the order for the knife or for the knife, for the, for the ring. So <laughs> <Freudian> <laughs> can you tell I've got a, 
Yeah, right. So the <laughs> the ring is ordered. I've got it. It's it's being made and it's being sent over. So that's that's awesome. I'm Ooh, thinking custom. probably I like it. Yep. Well, not that custom. It's it's not crazy. It's it's I we, we went with Mo- or I went with Moissanite and she she told me like just go that route. I don't need a real diamond. It looks just fine and all that fun stuff. Dude, I am with you on the the real diamond thing. By the way, I don't know if you've ever researched diamonds and like their value. It's just it's just it's oh, yeah. crazy that people buy, still buy the, real diamonds anymore. The De Beers company owns all the diamonds, and they, it's um. You got you know, that basic, right. They've, they they yep, yep, yep. they it's a they have scam. a controlled distribution market that drives the prices up. Right, and then with Moissanite, it's it literally ridiculous. is a flawless diamond for like one-tenth of the price it's it's crazy it's it's yeah for sure so i went that route my i mean i'm thinking i'm probably gonna wait i, I don't know if me, emily is listening to the podcast now i <laughs> click away and if you don't want it's the surprise you know ruined for you but i'm thinking we're probably gonna do it probably on i'm gonna get down on my knee uh on our uh, anniversary so we'll do that whole thing i've got a whole thing planned we'll talk about it when it comes you know to but anyways, here's the um, thing. Here's the thing. Uh, let me ask you something. What are the odds that she'll actually say yes? Oh, 100%. Like, the, it's not <laughs> even a question. We live together. It's it's not even like, but like, it's it's no fun to just be like on a Wednesday, just drop on an E and call it good. Like, the, the, you gotta, you gotta do something fun. I'm, I'm, I've got, I've got want, a plan cooking. Do you want to hear how I proposed to Sarah? Would this be sure, a good go time to tell that story? So, um, we knew that we were going to get married, same scenario, you know, and, um, but there was no like, you know, set time for the, like you're saying, do a surprise type deal. So, uh, Sarah was, we were swimming in the pool in the back and, um, and what I had done was I had taken the ring and I had uh, put it at the bottom of the pool and then, we were swimming around, swimming around, and I went, I see something down there at the bottom of the pool. I'm going to go down. It's like shiny. I don't know what it is. It looks like it's going to get caught in the, the filter. So I dive down, and I, I pop up, and I go, you'll never believe what I found at the bottom of the pool. And she's like, what? And I pull the ring up out of the water right in front of her face, and I said, will you mm-hmm. marry me? Hey, and she was like, cool. oh, my God. Yeah. It was, so it was, it was kind of a fun. That's like a more Florida type, you know, thing. I was trying to think, like, <laughs> how do you propose to somebody, you know, these days? You right. Know, right. It's uh, it's a thing. So, yeah. So that's how I, I did it with Sarah. And, and uh, it's a story we like to tell sometimes. There we go. That's awesome. That's very awesome. sappy. We're very sappy people. Well, I've you know. I've got a big plan and, you know, I'm just not going to talk about it until it happens. Maybe, maybe we can do I, like, I'm with you. I'm almost yeah. also trying to think like, you know, do we want to make a big spectacle or just try to keep it small? But I I don't know. I'll I'll figure it out. I'm thinking like Jumbotron at one of the <laughs> uh, Michigan games, you know, uh, uh, with the, the marching band all around you. That's the one thing time. she said. Do not do it in a public place because she, she doesn't want that. But, <laughs> I totally yeah, agree, got, by the way. That's crazy. Okay. It's crazy these guys that do it. So, All right. Well, let's listen. See, hey, my, Brian. My, oh, sorry. I was going to do my last little bit of the res- resolution. Oh, no. Go list. ahead. Go ahead. I didn't know you were um, done. I weren't done. Go ahead. Yeah. So in, so those two were my personal things. In my business, my my whole my whole thing with this next year is with my – I want to kind of focus on YouTube a little bit more than what I have been. Um 
So my plan is to definitely try to do more collaborations. And I've already got a couple of them kind of figured out. I think that collaborating on YouTube is definitely the way to grow. I mean, I'm doing some natural growth. The, the big one is obviously that that Bowie Knife Challenge, it, it almost doubled, almost tripled my subscriber count. So like, you know, I knew ahead of time that um, doing collaborations is the way to grow on YouTube, but I've, I'm definitely like double, if not tripling down on that idea. And um, so basically I'm, I'm going to be pushing the collaboration on YouTube lot harder because I've already done like I've I've made a chef knife fillet knife I, I've already made like my base set of knives so if you want to see how they're made you can go back and see how they're made I don't need to remake the same knives over and over again and also the the build process is kind of getting stale so I, I I feel like I need to interject the you know collaboration aspect a little bit more into my videos and then obviously trying to post more than once a month will definitely help <laughs> oh a lot yeah of definitely that, a lot of that is just, you know, not having the ability to have Kyle in the shop all the time. So, you know, that kind of hampered me a little bit, but now I'm kind of figuring out to do basically have a one cut one video with Kyle, like a build process a month, and then maybe a couple other, you know, easier, like a tool time or a shop time, or maybe even like a WFI, you know, thing where I, I have someone else, you know, basically do what we're doing here, where I talk about whatever they're working on, and then also having them, you know, film part of it, maybe do like an interview, like a short five minute interview type thing. I don't know if I want to steal that from the show, but, you know, maybe I can try to do something along those lines. And then, you know, just a general like, you know, smaller projects trying to do that once a month. So, you know, having three posts a month will probably help my my small channel grow a little bit better. And then also working on those collaborations. So that's kind of my, I'm I've my whole philosophy with YouTube is it's always been like, Basically, I'm a knife maker that has a YouTube channel that, like, that is a secondary avenue of advertisement for my company. But, you know, I, I feel like the larger that grows, the more successful I'm going to be. Um, I don't know if it's a real, you know, correlation between the two, but as of right now, I would love to grow my YouTube channel. And then also, like, this past couple weeks, I haven't posted on Instagram or Facebook almost at all because, you know... I guess a lot of it is I've already had my Christmas orders and I've been, you know, my head down on those and I haven't really, you know, come up for air to make posts and whatnot, but, you know, posting, you know, on a consistency basis, like, um, Ben was really harping on the fact that, um, not harping on, but he was talking about the fact that if you post at the same time every day, you know, people start getting the routine to come back and look for your, for those posts. And then Instagram and Facebook kind of latch onto that idea and kind of, you know, boost you at those times. So, you know, if I really start scheduling out my post and figuring out how to make that ultra consistent, I feel like that would be a hell of a, you know, step in the right direction for my small business. But yeah, man, so I feel like we've kind of, it's almost a two hour podcast here. We're doing pretty well for ourselves in this pod. Well, yeah, we had a lot to talk about because I missed last week and uh, I appreciate you guys taking over last week because um, <clears throat> we had uh, a, quite a run on our Christmas orders, uh, for, and my goal this year was to really try to get all those orders out before Christmas. So like if you ordered uh Thursday, uh, you know, before Christmas, obviously it's not going to go out, you know, um, Friday, the uh, post office is closed and it's just not going to happen. But everybody that ordered all the way up to Wednesday, their grinders went out. And I had people who were messaging me going, I don't know how you got this to me 
before Christmas. Like, that's nuts. And, like, people had ordered on that Monday, had gotten them before Christmas. So it yeah, was, you were, you were it was busting your ass to get cool. them out the shop. That was awesome. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> I, I had I had literally had to buy a new cart because my cart broke. The the one oh my gosh. broke again. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, Speaking uh, of that yeah. cart, didn't you do like a giveaway where you had to guess the the number of things on the cart? Yes. Well, the, we had it was the number of of base plates on the pallet. So like okay. we order our we order kits like two hundred at a time. And these pallets come to us and they, they stack them up kind of willy nilly on the, on, and then they wrap them in big things of cellophane. I made a quick video and I said, I want you guys to guess how many base plates are on this pallet. And, you know, it's just those pieces or whatever. So a lot of clever people did pause the video and were able to count the stack. And then oh, through some, through some deduction, they had come up with the number 114. But in the video, I say it's not an even number. And I also okay. say it's not a 100 and it's not a 50. It's not a, you know, whatever. It's not an even number. And so people were saying, well, it's 114. It's clearly 114. It's 19 stack. It's stack of 19 times six. It's clearly that. Well, they couldn't see the backside of that palette. So there's like no way that you would be able to glean that information this was all a guess and i kept telling people it's not an even number and Mm -hmm. see many people don't realize (laughs) i guess the difference between even and odd numbers (laughs) and i gave that as a as like a like an easter egg like you know if you guess an even number which is two four six eight ten twelve fourteen sixteen eighteen it's right. not going to be correct, you know, right. because right. there was one plate that was shoved under the stack that you couldn't see. So it was okay. 115, not 114. Mm. And uh, and I, I mean, most people were very f- cool about it. They were like, OK, you know, you know I'm like, because, you know, if you're pausing, like, I can't even believe how many number one, how many people watch that video. I don't even know how many it is on on Instagram, but like on Facebook we had over 200 submissions for this wow. thing uh, to give away a sticker pack. And, um, one guy got it, John Ramsey. And he, um, he had been guessing, you know, like had multiple posts where he was like one seventeen, and then he guessed one fourteen, And then it was like, mm. you know, and I'm like, so, somebody's got to get this right. Like it's, right. we had over 200 submissions and not one of them was correct. And then oh, finally, John John responded with one fifteen, and I was like, right. "Yeah, we can end the contest now." <laughs> but my phone was freaking going off for twenty four hours straight with submissions. Oh my! It God, was like ding, 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 and it's because you know people are off for the holiday and they're wanting to you know, and people love that kind of stuff. By the way, so if you ever See, need that's... interaction on your social media, do do a guessing thing, counting thing. That's the thing is I've, I've done that a couple times. I've done it on Instagram and I think I've done it on something else where, um, that, that's the whole thing is the, the, the way that posts go viral, not viral, but get more attention through the algorithms is if the, the big thing seems to be content or, or interaction. So, you know, likes are going to boost you a little bit. Um, shares are going to boost you a boatload, but um, the the big thing is those comments. The more comments you get in the in the comment section, 
the more people that it, it shows people because it basically the post is basically like oh my or the algorithm is thinking like oh my gosh people love this and they like it they love it so much that they're commenting on it so they show it to more people because obviously this is a good post so doing those little itty bitty giveaways because like how much does a sticker pass pack cost you like 50 cents or 14 some shit? bucks Oh, for me, Still. yeah, you know, my I paid a little over a dollar sticker because I started getting the the like real nice um, sticker mule stickers, and right. it's so I maybe have like five or six dollars in on the pack itself plus the envelope right, but, plus shipping. So yeah, I don't make any money on they like make two bucks on each one or something. So right, so for like ten to twelve dollars, <laughs> you have a post that goes you know almost semi viral, and how many people saw that for the first time? I was like, oh my gosh, I should follow along and. You know, all you need is for one sale to go through, and that's a massive profit for you. So these little giveaway yep. things, you don't want to just spam them all the time because if you're doing them all the time, then people get wise and yeah. they, you know, stop interacting. But like once a month or so, I've been seeing these, you know, little giveaways, and it seems like it always does really well. The other thing that I saw, and you know, um, Jason did a Jason and Pickle Cutters, Jason Hartwell and Pickle Cutters, both are doing these little uh, waffles or raffle by a different name um and like jason did one and his thing filled up in like i think it was like five not even an hour i thought it yeah. was like 50 oh, minutes yeah. the thing filled up and it, it went super super well for him and honestly he probably could have upped the ticket count and you know sold a bunch more and um they, well i mean he was straightforward enough and it's like oh i would have sold it for this so that's all i'm gonna get for it well i mean honestly he probably could have bumped up a couple more stick or a couple more you know entries and you know made a little bit more money but you know people I, love I've games and chance those, yeah and it, well and especially if you don't have to invest any money where it's just like a comment you know it's like right. you can comment and guess it's a game of chance it still gives them that same dopamine push and it's fun and it's like uh, now, right. now all these people like interacting. Like one guy like took a picture of uh, the screen and posted it, and then was like, and then a picture of his calculator, and he was like, bah, bah, bah. "I'm like, <laughs> he was motherfucker, you can't see you. all these. Yeah, you can't yeah. see all these. Come on, you don't know what's on there. Like I, I know what's up. I, I took that video so that there would be no frigging way that anybody would be able to pause the video and count them all. There just isn't yeah. a way." But so many people got it one off. And that's oh, why I think it was so great because all these people are like, I guess 114, it was really 115. And, you know, yeah. I get it. I Look, the whole point of it, though, was that it, it's a chance thing. It's like how many jelly beans are in this jar? Like there's just right. no simple way to do that math. You can't do it. So we had a blast doing that. It was so much fun interacting with everybody on social media. And it was funny because Sarah was off that day. She goes, she goes, if anybody ever says that social media isn't a full time job, they are absolutely out of their minds wrong. Because when you get like even a like a, a modicum of of a following on social media, like I would say my following is somewhat small still you and you do stuff like this. It's an all day endeavor. You legit are sitting in front of your screen all day answering comments and writing back and, you know, toying with people and having fun and, you know, commenting back and all that and creating the content around it. And it's, you know, the, the benefit of it to me is that, you know, obviously the algorithm pushes the post and that'll push my other posts up. And um, I have right, a couple of videos sure, on sure. Instagram that have a quarter of a million views on them now. 
And it's crazy. That's crazy. It's nuts. It's nuts. And, and and they're not reels either. They're actual videos. And I, you don't get that kind of attention on YouTube right away. So it takes a lot of time to kind of build up that audience. So, you know, why wouldn't you do these short little one minute videos on Instagram and Facebook and, and, yeah. and try to get some attention in that regard. So yeah, it was fun. I had a blast. I'm going to do another one at some point, And then also I'm going to sure. continue making content. I will join you in the YouTube thing. I don't think I can commit to three a month or whatever, like you're doing, but I'm, gonna <laughs> I'm doing commit. a soft commit. I'm doing a very soft I, committal on that. <laughs> oh no, you can't go back on it now, Brian, you're stuck. Oh, you got to do three a month. We're going to call you up. Uh, <laughs> well, but the, no, the other the, thing it, is it's oh, tough. Sorry. That's a tough, that's, but I'll, let me tell you though, three a month is a good number, but that's tough. I mean, that's even really hard. Yeah. Right. Well, I guess if I can go back, um, I don't know if pickle cutter is still is doing his, his waffle or raffle or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, he's, he's doing one on what the, the blade is. He's calling it the Clark. There's a whole origin story of where that name came from, but basically it's like this little Serb. It almost looks like a Serbian chef knife. It's like this cleaver, but it's a sand mai with, I believe wrought iron on the on the outside cladding and it's one badass blade i went in i think it's like a 20 bucks uh uh canadian per ticket but that's that's one you definitely need to go check that one out and get in on on pickle cutters because you know we all know he's a fantastic knife maker and there's i mean 20 bucks for a chance to win i mean how how often are you going to have a chance to win a knife for 20 bucks from him you know that's awesome and And then support somebody for a little bit of money that's again, right, I keep saying sure. that about the, the raffles that people do. You can support. I, I bought into uh, Noah Bloomberg's for 10 bucks to win that little micro cleaver because I'm right. like, you know, where else am I going to be able to put $10 support somebody that I like uh, as a person and as a maker who has mm-hmm. also supported my work and I get a chance to win this freaking awesome knife, you know? So yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm into it. And then the last thing is, um, that offset serrated knife that I had that video around where the, the Damascus delaminated and I had to do that whole thing, that knife yep. didn't sell. So I'm thinking I'm probably going to do another raffle here in a little bit. And uh, yeah, I'm going to definitely it. do your route where you're, you're buying the ticket and it comes with a free entry. Um, I feel like that's, or you're buying the sticker and you're, it's coming with a free entry. Um, first of all, that it's awesome to get everybody a sticker. That'd be really cool. But um, yeah, I think I'm probably gonna go that route. And <laughs> honestly, I now that I have my website set up correctly, I'll actually get all the money from it. <laughs> if, you, if you remember the Bowie Knife Challenge, the Squarespace, like all you know, the thing was all set up wrong, so I I wasn't getting all the money from it. And it is what it is. I ended up, I still made a modest product uh, profit. I didn't make the giant profit that I was going to, but you know, it is what it is. But yeah, now that that's all set up correctly, I'm probably here sometime pretty shortly after the new year. It's set up that offset serrated um, Damascus as a uh, waffle or raffle, whatever you got to call it nowadays. I, I don't understand that. I don't, I, whatever. It is what it is. But yeah, I'm definitely going to try doing that and hopefully it will sell at a decent price. But yeah, I just enjoyed doing that in the first place with the Bowie. And I actually was just able to give that Bowie to the winner and it turned out to be a uh, a buddy from um, one of my old Target days. He was he was another grocery guy from tar- uh, from Target, and um, yeah, I got to he came to the shop and we you know kind of hung out for about an hour and it was fun to give him the giant you know what what my, what Emily was calling the fuck off knife. 
but. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't it nice when you can actually hand somebody the blade? Too? Oh, I love it. I love that. And they, you, know. you can see their face. Yeah. No, that's really nice. That is great. Well, I'm so Speaking glad of- that you had a great year, by the way. 2021 Dude. was a good year for you. I, and I know a lot of people did not have a great year. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm hoping for 2022 to be an awesome year for everyone moving forward. Because, um, you know, hey, we, we're, we're, I think we're on the tail end of this whole situation we're in, I hope. And, uh, you know, anyway, Brian, or, uh, we, we are, uh, I think we're at 10. Are we at two hours yet? We are. We just hit the two man. hour mark. All right. I got to get back. I got to get to work. I got to, I've got a whole bunch of stuff I got to pack up and uh, get out the door. The, the post office, believe it or not, is still closed for another day or two. So everything That's will crazy, ship tomorrow. Man. We appreciate you guys for listening to the Work For It podcast. And uh, if you're a patron, we really, truly appreciate your patronage. Remember that this is the end of 2021. And very soon, we will be turning the page into 2022. And I know you guys will all be out there working for it. Hard work and good luck. Thank you so much for all the support. Join the revolution. Work For It. Come on, guys. Let's go. 2022 is going to be fantastic. Have a good one. All right. I appreciate you guys. Cheers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.